crazy. Counting down in five, four, three, two. Applause, applause, applause. Chaka, 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 gone. Chaka, gone. Chaka, gone. Chaka, gone. Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. Let me rock it, that's all I wanna do. Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. Let me rock it, let me feel for you. Shaka Khan, what you tell me, what you wanna do? Do you feel for me the way I feel for you? Shaka Khan, let me tell you what I wanna do. I wanna love you, wanna hug you, wanna squeeze you too. Let me take it in my arm, let me feel you with my charm, Shaka. Cause you know that I'm the one to keep you warm, Shaka. I make it more than just a physical dream. I wanna rock you, Shaka, baby, cause you make me wanna scream. Let me rock it, rock it. Shaka. Queen Shaka. I feel for you. I always tell you, that was my very first 45 as a kid. Really? Really? Yeah. Yvette. Yeah. <laughs> Yvette. <laughs> <laughs> my mother got me this in Prince's uh, Let's Go Crazy. So, yeah, I'm really grateful to start out in 84. I think I was four years old when I got that little Fisher You got to start out with the good shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Damn. You start out with no off-key singing? No, no, no. With, with, with Shaka Khan. Yeah, Shaka Khan. Yeah, that's a classic Shaka right there. Khan. Welcome to another week of We Sound Crazy Podcast. Phil Yonair has arrived. Claude Kelly is here. Chuck Harmony is here. Bacon for Macon is in the building. Nice. Crazy. Any thoughts are running through my head. It's all right. Wishing to be somewhere else but here and it's all right. I can't wait to see your face. Let's see if we can call the great singer. Let us see. I'm on round two of using my Rolodex. Hey. Let's see if I still got some luck. Hello? Let us see. Hey, Led. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Welcome to the We Sound Crazy podcast. Um, everyone here, I believe you know. Obviously, I'm Claude, and we have Billionaire, who I know you know very well. Yo, what's up, Led? What's up, Phil? And we have the illustrious Chuck Harmony. What's up, Red? Hey, Chuck. Hey, how you doing? Chuck? And I believe I believe you've met Timon. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Through the highways and byways of life, <laughs> but <laughs> Timon, the bacon from Macon, is also on the call. Um, hey, Lettucey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, Lettucey, we are excited to have you on. We've been we've been dying to have you on since season one. So, first of all, let's just talk about how. 
you as a singer, you're coping with this time right now where you can't do shows and you can't get out there like you normally do and meet your fans and give it to them in in several octaves. How have you been coping with this quarantine time as a premier artist? Um, I think I'm more busy now than I've been when I was on the road to have an excuse to not talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it's, it's crazier because you have to be everything. You have to be the engineer, the stylist, the videographer, the, um, you have to be everything and the artist, and Mm. then you're exhausted. It's like, it's a different kind of, uh, exhaustion that happens but you feel rewarded and empowered at the same time yeah you know i i really i i i'm glad i interned at a studio a long time ago to be able to have the skill set that i have for this pandemic because it's really pushing you into directions as an artist that just got comfortable i was comfortable letting everybody do and do their jobs. Yeah. Now I have to do everybody's job, you know? <laughs> and I forgot I know how to do it, but you know, you get lazy, you get comfortable. So God is really reminding me, don't don't lose your skill set. And mm. so for me, it's been a good thing this pandemic and I've been resting a little bit more. I'm starting to focus back inward on my body and physically. Mm. So it's I I have no complaints other than I miss the stage i miss performing Mm. on a stage nothing will ever compare to that i don't like performing on zooms i don't like pre-recording my shit you know get this voice get this voice yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm so sick of zoom yeah oh it's just like your eyes hurt and we shouldn't be on the computer that much right now we're on the computer even more we sound crazy the musicians, although it's gotten harder for us financially because we can't tour, the musicians never stopped. Yeah. Like, we're essential mm-hmm. workers. Like, immediately when the quarantine happened, the musicians were online trying to figure out how to entertain the people and do versus battles and, and do live concerts online and all that stuff. So it's been nonstop the whole year for musicians without any promise of recovery. So I, I, I understand the exhaustion because we're in the same boat. But I don't think people really give us the credit as a community for what we do for culturally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you can't explain it unless you're in it. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, you can, you can explain it, but people still won't understand the feeling of it. Right. I don't know how to describe that. Right. 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 Cause, cause it's uh they think, Oh, music is fun and it's one, this euphoric thing, but it's also time consuming it to be, of excellence, the excellence that you see, you yeah. know? Yes. Uh, you have to present yourself in a way that they're used to. And the microscope is now even closer. Mm-hmm. There's no hiding. <laughs> you can't so hide from nothing <laughs> There's now. no hi- <laughs> hiding at all. You know, it's much, much harder. Yeah. Especially when you're a private person. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's invasive to have a screen in your room and looking in your house. And what, what what's that painting behind you? Right. Um, mind your business. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that, that's the new world we live in. That's where we are now. So now, like, I remember doing a radio interview and I was like, well, I don't want to do it there, even though the light is better. 
I I prefer to save my house for my home. You know, I don't want people at my home right. like mm. that. Yeah, like I'm seven. I have to invite you over, baby. <laughs> I feel we that. have to get to know each other. I don't know you like that. I feel you on that. <laughs> I totally feel you on that. Crazy. Crazy. I get the same love. We ain't the During the quarantine, I've, I've seen you drop a new album. So oh, On yes. your own label. On your own label. Matter of fact, I saw a Rolling Stone article about you Hello. being on your own label. Congratulations on that. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm just coming back to myself to be like you guys again. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Speak to the process of that. How has it been? You know, How is it different just doing it all yourself as, as opposed to having um, the labels and and the people helping you with your stuff? Well, um, you know, I've been waiting around for three years, uh, kind of in my own version of quarantine. Mm. So it's not like I've been building this stuff during quarantine. It's already been built and waiting to come out. Wow. So it, by the time everything was ready to go, I think right before quarantine, I had two more songs to do, which I recorded in my room, in my little office, and they waited for things to come, like my microphone. And I built a makeshift um, studio in my closet and we're at my vocal booth. The throwback so way. The, that's, how, that's, listen, that's how we all started. It was in, in yeah. that little studio with, in, in the closet or in the bathroom. You was just singing, singing to hopefully get discovered one day. That studio. That's the one. And I sang my face off because we're going to what? Get the job done. Yeah. So my point is, those songs were ready to go. Mm. And then quarantine happened. I had all this content sitting here doing nothing. And so people thought I just made up stuff and just threw it out. No, it's been sitting in my computer forever. So my husband's like, just go for it and put all this stuff out. And and then the label that I'm uh, partnered with as far as just distribution. They were like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, freaking A, I get to decide on the single. Mm-hmm. I have to make that decision now. <laughs> Shoot, that's a lot of pressure. I don't yeah. want that pressure. You know, so that's different for me. I never picked my singles. I never had an issue with the, when I was with the label, what um, my creative creativity, because I was already an independent artist when I came into this whole label thing. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the conditions that you don't have a say creatively of what I want to do, but I couldn't control what they marketed. I couldn't control the singles or any of that. Now I get to do all of it. I get mm-hmm. to say how I want it to look. I always have, but the fight was always talking to 15 people to get your idea. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to have an excuse for their jobs, you know, and they were all great. But it just wasn't my thing, like right. how how you have to talk about one picture with 15 people. 
You know, it was just ridiculous. I know who I am. I know what I want to look like. I know what I want, how I want to be presented. This, just do it. Mm. You know, just go ahead and pretend like you take all the credit. Just get it out how I want it. Mm. But it was just too much of that. And now it's just me. I decide everything, how the flow of it's going to come out, the singles, the, um, you know, and I partner with, I love having partnership. I love ownership. I love having partners that get it with me. They're like supporting my ideas, not breaking me down to do what they want. Mm. They know this is my ship, my, my course of action, where I want to go. So it's just a beautiful thing. It's different. Um, being independent now, it's so much better. The things that these artists complain about now, I'm I'm like, wow, I get to actually talk to my fans directly, mm. whether it be 15 people or 20 or 20,000 or 50,000. I'm just happy I get to talk to y'all directly and say, hey, I got an album coming out. Go buy it. We sound crazy. Talk about the difference between when you were indie before versus what you beyond just talking to your fans because I think that's something that people don't realize because indie is so trendy now yeah. as a thing that I don't think people realize when I was indie it wasn't trendy everyone was signed to a label I, I got rejected from five labels they didn't want me and wow. they didn't know what to do with me and this is before Neo Soul came out before Jill and Erica Badu we all came out around the same time but I was independent I mean Jill was coming to my shows mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's like, I was like, whoa. And then she came out. And then uh, before her was Erica. So it all happened around the same time. But they just got the bigger light than I did. But they, everyone knew who I was. It was no secret. But back then, all I had was shows. I, had, I made flyers, paper flyers. Not the kind you email. We didn't do that back then. <laughs> You know, we actually handed them to people. I actually went out on the street and handed them to people and posted posters that I would print out at Kinko's back in the day and cut them myself with the cutter to put them in squares and pass them out to people and beg them to come to my show. That was my Internet. That was my word of mouth. Mm -hmm. My performances, people would talk about them and go to the show. They passed hold on to that little blue flyer and remember where the show was. That's the old school way. That's what we did. I actually would have my CDs at the show. We didn't have MP4s or streaming. Uh, none of that. None of that existed yet. It was more, it was there, but it wasn't as popular. Mm-hmm. Um, it was starting to seep out more with, uh, but then People were suing each other <laughs> for the works. You know what I mean? It got ugly because musicians and artists wanted their money. I didn't have that kind of say back then. I didn't know what all that was about. But now I get why they were trying to protect it because streaming is so huge now. Music is not free. It costs money to have that one song recorded, written, recorded, and presented, mm-hmm. meaning out into the world. So we didn't have all that to protect us back then. Like I said, I was doing favors and begging stuff. So, you know, fan base, it was all word of mouth. They had to like your performance. They had to hear about you. Which means you had to sing good. I had to sing my ass off. So (laughs) when when them, when these girls and, and these ladies and gents be complaining about 
little, my little throat hurts. I had to sing with a broken arm. Okay. My arm was broken and I had put some bedazzle on my little cast and I was cute. <laughs> and up there singing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know you flying, have, I know you have photos of that and I want to see them. I know, I know there's a photo you on stage with a bedazzle. Flying to Japan with a broken arm to finish my gig because who's going to pay the bill for that? Right. I'm contractually I and and for soul music it's even harder. We don't have options to take a little break. What, what break, child? We don't we don't get a break. Right. <laughs> you know. We sound crazy. Will you So let us see. This is Timon. I, I'm interested in knowing because I've been following you since my early college years. In 2005, someone gave me a copy of your uh, Feeling Orange but Sometimes Blue record. And then mm -hmm. to hear in 2007, you coming out with Lost and Found and then you got the Grammy nomination. It was just cool to kind of see the progression from you being indie to this major star. Like, what would you tell the Lettucey from those early indie albums? What would the legacy now? What would you tell the legacy back then? I would say you're fine just as you are. Mm. Don't edit. Stop editing mm. to make everyone comfortable. Wow. That's what I would say. Stop editing. Yeah, I, I, I would edit that. edit a lot of stuff to make other people comfortable around me so that I can fit in with them. But I was ahead of my time. I still am. I still edit a little bit just to make right, the right business decisions, but I don't do it uh, to where it hurts me. I do it to where it will um, catapult me to the next phase. But the old lead was wilder than the lead right now, but I love her. Cause she was, she was giving, she mm. really gave a lot to a lot of people. A lot of people are successful because of me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I, and I'm okay with that and they know it. And when I go away, if I leave before them, they will tell the world about that because mm. of how gracious I am. I don't have to brag about it. I know what I did for everybody. That's awesome. That's called legacy. <laughs> Lettuce's legacy. Lettuce. <laughs> we sound crazy. Speaking of legacy, will we ever have the opportunity to stream those first few indie albums that you put out? Because I think they're amazing. And I we are talking about it now. My um, partner and I, my uh, business partner Sandra Manning and I, are having conversations. We. Uh, you know, you have to grow a little bit. I always kept saying, come on, but you can't make people catch up to where you, where you, where you are. You have to wait for them. And I just let things move the way it did. And so did she. And now we're finally coming to a balance of respect with where those things are. I like to finish and complete. And I, I told her, she knows this. I like to finish what I started. Mm. And I do it when I do things, I make them happen. I don't care how long it'll take, but it's going to happen. 
I had that kind of faith. And so, you know, you just can't pull someone to believe as hard as you or move as quickly as you or as you do. So I think we're finally caught up, <laughs> but she had to grow and I had to grow the way I grow, grew. And I'm, I'm, we're finally talking it out. So it has to have, we both have to agree. And I'm not one of those partners that'll just take your stuff and go and act like you're not my partner. When I'm your partner, I'm your partner for life. Mm. Even if I disagree with you. Well, when you're ready to get on the same page, let me know. Otherwise, this shit will sit right here in that computer. I'm being honest. Sorry for cussing, but I'm grown. No. <laughs> <laughs> we grown too. We grown yeah, exactly. too. Crazy. Had a good year, now I'm starting to see my face. Yeah. Ain't worried about the face. Kind of over all the hard times I've been through. Love brought me to. And I finally feel So, Led, you, I, I read that Prince was actually one of the people who told you or encouraged you to actually go independent when you first signed your major deal some years ago. Talk to us about just your relationship with Prince, that whole word of advice. Like, what was that conversation? Um, he was really smart. You know, he understood ownership. He understood um, having your own and had been through a lot of stuff. So who else? Uh, to tell you advice uh, is someone who's gone through it. And he always, everybody around him, he would say, you own your stuff, you know, um, do your own thing. And he wanted that for me, not only him, but Prince, uh, Prince and Stevie, they always were like, own your own stuff, be your own ownership or come over to my label. <laughs> 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 So you can do your own thing, you know, and be be more free. Um, and, and you saw that with, with his work with Shaka Khan and uh, what he did with, um, you know, Larry Graham. Remember when he had those albums out, Coming to My House? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. You know, he, he really wanted a home base for artists that they can be and do whatever they wanted. But see, I came in the business knowing what my situation was and he just wanted, you know, I'd like to finish what I start and get get things done. But he was like, just quit now. Quit that now so you can start your ownership right away. But I had already been a been an independent artist and I just had already committed to what I did. But he he didn't like it. He wouldn't. I had asked him to play on some of my recordings and he wouldn't do it because I was signed with a label. He said, when you get off the label, I'll, I'll play whatever you want. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay, so he was really adamant about owning your masters and holding on to your uh, work and having legacy. That's what that's about. Yeah. We sound crazy. I will do the things I need to do, whatever it takes to prove to you that I'm never leaving your side. 
So anything for you, the duet with PJ Morton. Talk to us about that. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. You know, the song, Anything For You, I love I love that song because of where it comes from. When I wrote it, I have the track from Rex and uh, J-Mo for a long, long time. And I always wanted this Prince, you know, energy, this D'Angelo energy. Uh, but I didn't know what to write on it. So I wrote on it after Rex's father passed away and his family and I were in the kitchen talking. And then that song, you know, came about. I ran home and wrote it. And then after we finished it, it was like, oh, this is so good. And then COVID happened. I said, well, we need to put it out. And the response was huge. And then I just kept saying, Rex, we got to have that male energy on it, too. It's screaming for it. And people keep referencing the energy of it. So who could we call to do it? And it's hard getting people to sing with me. I, I It's so annoying because I just, I'm not, I'm a sharer and people don't know that. They just think big voice. I don't want to sing with that. You know what I mean? Mm. But I'm a sharer. So he, he suggested one other person. I suggested PJ because I kept trying to work with PJ in some kind of way on this new project. Because I've been asking him for a long, long time since we did Roberta Flack. So finally, this idea came up. I called PJ said, hey, can you... Um, no, I, call, I told Rex, can you call PJ and see if he's able to do it? Because I didn't know where he was in his head about things. You know, when you win a Grammy and do things, you get bigger. You don't know where people are. And it's the same old PJ. He's the same old guy. And uh, he said, yeah, lad, whatever. Tell her, yeah. So when Rex sent him the song and, and I didn't know anything when he sent it or anything, I just got it in my email and at two in the morning or something, uh, Rex is like, I sent you something and I heard it and I was like, oh my God, he changed my lyrics. <laughs> 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 and I listened again. I said, oh, it's so good. This is so good. It, it made my heart just pound more because you can tell when you have an idea and you're not sure if it's going to work or not. It was brilliant. And even his change was just brilliant. And, you know, I'm picky about keeping things the same, but I loved it. I loved it. And when I heard it, I said, yes, this is it. And image wise, I said, send me a picture. I saw his picture. I said, well, I need a different picture. That's more casual. And my husband took that photo on our stairs in the backyard, uh, the back of our building. And it, it just, I just said, honey, throw that together and put it up. It don't have to be anything major. Keep mm. it simple. Shout out to Ron. Shout out to Ron. He's a dope photographer. Yeah, he's so amazing. And it just all came into into place so beautifully. And the response, <gasps> the response to that, I think all the church folk went up. <laughs> it's just like uh, I'm just blaming on the church folk because they were like, hallelujah. You know, they just love they just love a good old fashioned soulful bluesy gospel like inspirational R and B song. You know, mm -hmm. it just worked with both of us together. And um it just worked. After the song was already climbing up the charts, it's not like I needed anything extra, but I felt like let's do something else with the song. Most labels, uh most recording artists and labels would just no keep the focus on you. I I'm good. Let's share this light. Put another version of it out. Dope. Nobody complained. And uh, it, it ended up being a great thing for everybody. 
myself and PJ included. So we all did that together. Crazy. I want to go back to something you said. It's been hard for you to do duets because people don't want to sing with you. Um, mm-hmm. Which just blows my mind because I think, why wouldn't you want to sing with a great singer? So, first of all, can you name names? And second of all, why do you, why do you think that is? Or, or, or what, what? just explain some of those scenarios because that's, that's mind-boggling to me. It has nothing to do with me. I mm. can't explain something that has nothing to do with me. I mm. really don't. I'm not trying to be facetious or, a, or an asshole, but I'm grown now and I don't like to explain somebody else's issues. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I just can I be I be who I am and and smash it every time. I don't know when my last breath is coming. So I give it all all the way, you right. know, and and I'm not going to dim myself down. That's why I wrote the song Where I Am. Meet me where I am. Catch up. They can either they can rise to the occasion or they can say no, and it's that simple. If you cannot handle it, if you want me, then meet me where I am. You see where I am. So catch me if you can. Don't go back and down, baby. No. Cause you need what I am. They can't be what I am. So catch me if you can. It doesn't require me understanding why they do it. Mm. Um, it's funny. I was having a conversation with some friends. It's They were saying, well, it's intimidating. Because uh, I asked them, I don't know. I'm not trying to figure that out. I got too many other things to figure out. But they would say it's, you know, suggest to me it's intimidation. Um, I said, well, am I too loud? I try to calm down. I know how to sing less. I sing with Vince Gill, you know what I mean? I'm saying right. with Ken Mo and I'm saying with all these other people, but you know, I don't know. You know, I like, I sang with John, that was fun, and Gregory Porter. Yeah. So, you know, I am i don't know what that is, Well, Led, but I know it has nothing to do with me. Well, Led, this is Philionaire. Just know I'm ready whenever you're ready for our duet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will make sure that I am prepared and fully, you know, resting my vocals. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm saying it here right here on the We Sound Crazy podcast. We sound crazy. So good and it doesn't matter. I know whatever comes our way, you know, you and me, we gon' stay together. Baby, we've been through so much. Our love is so strong. You know, you know, you and me, we gon' stay I think you're an amazing singer. One of my favorite duets from you was actually on your Pieces of Me record, the record with Jaheim. Stay stay together. Stay together, yeah. I didn't sing with him, and I sang his whole part for him. Mm. And and we had to beg him to uh, sing it, and then out of the blue, he came in the studio and sang it at 6, 5 in the morning with Rex. I wasn't even there. But I had sang his part because I, when I write a song for someone, I sing like them mm-hmm. on the on the on the recording, and so they can understand that it's for them. Right. It's not for me. And he loved it and came in there and did even more than what I expected. It was a dream come true. So I love that. It's one of the top um, duets. Um, PJ's kind of coming up there, though. Yeah. <laughs> 
PJ creeping on up. Creeping on up. PJ's coming up. <laughs> you also you also have one with uh, Robert Glasper. Can you talk to us about that one? Oh, you mean the Gonna Be All Right song yes. that we did? Yes. No matter in the Uh, Robert when he was working on Black Radio the first one and uh, he asked me to come in the studio but he was busy working with someone else I came in there while he was doing that he said go right outside here's the track and then I wrote the chorus thinking the chorus was the chorus but the chorus ended up being the verse mm. <laughs> when I got to him he's like well make that the verse I was like what <laughs> <laughs> you know and I said, well, what is the energy? You know, he's like, I'm just happy. I, you know, my son is uh, born and we're loving on him. And, and that whole energy that he, when he, I heard him talk about his son, I was thinking, yeah, but he's the son for him. Mm. So let's, let's just write it. I'm going to write it around like a nursery rhyme. Just bring me the sunshine, your smile. I will be okay. That's so simple, Man. you know, like a lullaby. And so that's what I was thinking as I wrote that song with Robert. And he was like, yeah. So it became a huge hit. It should have gotten a Grammy. Um, and people love that song. Every time we sing it, when we go anywhere, and he starts that and I come out with that line, but people go bananas. I didn't know it was going to get that kind of response but i i really appreciate it since we're on the topic of duets is there like a female duet that you can see yourself doing oh good question a female duet i never thought about it um gosh there's so many wonderful female singers i would love to do a song with queen ab Yes. I would love to write. Yes. Oh, I, oh I, I should say her name, Anita Baker. Anita Baker. Mm, yes. I knew you yeah. talked yeah. yeah. It was about a year ago. Um, we were all here in Nashville yeah. checking out both of her nights at the Ryman. Yeah. Yo, yeah. that was a magical I, I night. That. Yeah. So. I was freaking out. That was fun, too. I was glad you guys were there. That's, cr that's crazy. Yeah, man. See, pe I, people don't know I, we all so hang out outside of, outside of the records, but we were all having a blast at that Anita Baker show. That's that one night. of my favorite yeah, concerts. I didn't even know you guys were coming. I flew in with my mother. Um, I wanted to take my mom to see uh, Queen A.B. And um, my mom hadn't seen her in a long, long time. I said, Mom, let's have a girl's trip. And so we flew to Nashville just to see her. That one, we stayed for two nights. That's it. And it was amazing. And you guys happened to be there. I should have known. And we hung out. <laughs> Man, that was, that was magical. Out. It was spiritual that oh, night. She, incredible. And she, of course, she dragged me on stage. I was like, no, I don't want to see it. She came <laughs> to hide. And I had just cut my hair, my locks off. So I was really trying to really hide and be 
just quiet for a minute. So, but it was a beautiful night. And my mom, the best part about that night was NDRE was there too. We were on, she was leaving. Everybody was gone and we were on the Ryman stage. I have a video of it. I'm never going to post it, but <laughs> we started singing, um, a, a, a gospel song. India started, I started singing the harmony and then AB and my, and my mom started singing as well. And so the acoustics in the room was just so beautiful. All of us singing together. Man. It was crazy. It was crazy. Four powerful <laughs> black women singing a hymn in the in the empty rhyming on stage is the concert no one's ever going to hear but should. <laughs> I think only India and AB and I have the video, but it's it was incredible. That one little, I thought the night was incredible, but that yeah. right there, that little intimate moment was amazing. So yeah, she's, I would love to sing with her. Um, I would love to, I would love to write for uh, Patty LaBelle and I've been writing for her some songs. She's my favorite, like her and uh, Shaka Khan. And I wrote for Shaka, but you know, she heard the song I ended up putting on my album because she couldn't do it at the time. She was working with Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam. Mm -hmm. uh, and she won a Grammy for that album. But I was trying to write for her as well. So I love writing for other singers that I love. Mm -hmm. I love writing with them more than singing with them. And I wrote for Anita Baker uh, tons of songs. She heard them and loved them too. It's just things are tricky when you, you know, that whole thing comes about. But hopefully somebody will pick up the song. Yeah. I need to get Claude to sing it and maybe they'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Leslie, I want to ask you a question that might not be the most comfortable question, but I feel like we're all friends and we're real. And I think artists need to hear this conversation. So you talked okay. earlier about a song with Robert that should have won a Grammy. Yeah. And we, you, myself, and Chuck have been nominated a few times for songs that should have won Grammys. And you've been nominated <laughs> for other products that should have won Grammys. And that hasn't happened for you yet, which I think is Highway Robbery. Highway Robbery. Uh, for the for selfish reasons and just for music reasons as well. But I, was, I think it's important for us to have a conversation about what drives you beyond those those shiny things? Because you never stop. You never you never let those things get you down. You're actually involved in the recording academy in a in a major mm -hmm. way. But besides that, like you're just a trooper, and and so much so many people, uh, I think, value themselves based off of the 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 awards, the charts, the whole nine yards. And they come in. I would love to hear how you number one feel about it, but also how you. How you manage that and still maintain your creativity? I always remember it's not about the awards and the numbers. Uh, it's about my legacy and what I'm leaving behind. My, my catalog of work is what I always go back to. What, have I, what will I leave behind for everyone to listen to mm. when they go to my catalog? And so I, that has been my saving grace to stay focused and driven with legacy is is the key because i'm doing things that my parents weren't able to do and so and that they didn't finish so i am the the caretaker of that part of our legacy so my name needs to bring forth and that is what i continue to do whether the world will see it or not uh I think even if I wasn't doing music, whatever I do, I'm going to do it well. I, I, that's the point I want to make to anyone who's doing anything. 
in their life that even if it's something you don't want to do right now, you have to just do it. Do it well. Yes. Keep kick butt at it. You know, when I waited tables, I was dope, man. <laughs> you know, like yeah. to me, everything is about your your character of who you are as a person. And maybe it's from being from New Orleans because Oakland, I had to learn to fight to stay nice, to stay good, mm. to stay, stay humble mm -hmm. and um, a giving person because Oakland is not like that. It's a rough city. You have to fight your way through. But I, I don't compete with anybody else. I'm competing with myself. So the world is making put 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 so many so many times black women are put put up against each other and competing with each other. It's exhausting. So why would I join in on that? And the other thing is the Recording Academy, what it gives me is all my peers. It gives me a group. I feel like like you being there and Phil and everybody, I get to see my people there who are creating in this crazy time right now. We get to talk together. We get to work together. We get to network. We get to help each other. I work with all, all the um, chapters. I don't just work with my own. I do it on my own too. Sometimes my chapter's like, how did you go? How do you know about Texas and all these? Yeah, those are my dogs, man. What y'all need? You know, when someone is in need, it's like, that's what drives me is my community, knowing that there's a community that I can go to and ask for help. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the award would be great. I would love to get an award. I would love to get a Grammy. But after Turn Me Loose, I let it go. Mm. After Turn Me Loose, and that's several, I said, that's oh, several albums that ago. was it. That's several albums ago, folks, just in case you don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's crazy. 2009, I let go of the, oh, I got to have a Grammy. I let it go because I saw what it does. I saw what it does to people and how they change and begin to change and think that that's who they are. I'm getting more not having it. <laughs> Interesting. It's freaking crazy. So I, I can't imagine when I do get it, what's going to happen next. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. Let us say, don't be changing your telephone number. Yeah, now. don't get, don't, don't, don't get brand new on us. <laughs> no, I won't be brand new. Uh, it'll be, it'll be where my Soul Train Award is collecting dust. I have to keep cleaning it off. <laughs> 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 I'm still, and I still have to worry about bills. So, don't think that's gonna change for anybody that i've met that has a grammy they're like okay next thing i gotta get right. to the next thing. when's the next tour when's the next gig right exactly you gotta know that i'm made of everything love Let us see the pieces of me. Oh Lord, 
You you worked on that song with a couple guys. I've I've, I've met them a couple times. It seemed like nice guys. <laughs> oh oh my god, they're here. They're sitting in front of me. Chuck Harmony and Clark Kelly. Take us back to pieces of me. What do you remember about the creation, the recording, that whole time recording that? Which is, which is one of my favorites from you. I got so many, but pieces of me. I just love to know. Take us back. Gosh, pieces of me. When I was hanging out with uh, Chuck and, and Claude, we were all transitioning to something else, right? Mm-hmm. Weren't we moving, figuring it out, like where we're, what we're gonna do next? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I know for me, that day, I know writing the song pieces of me, I wasn't really wanting to write nothing. And Claude was like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> I was having a, I was having a girl day, and it was not cute." Um, and out of it came this beautiful song that's an anthem for women. I cannot not sing that song ever. That that day was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. The funny the funny thing is that I think people think that people just don't I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. No, no. I think people think that it's 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 a little more surface than it really is. I remember the conversation actually. The conversation it was transitioning because really what happened was you were frustrated. First of all, we were in LA. At Chuck's mm-hmm. studio, because Chuck had a studio in LA, Vanilla Sky, mm-hmm. at the yeah. time. And we had a conversation in the hallway about Lettucey's frustration with the fact that she was just the label stuff. Like, I, I do more than just, I'm, I'm not just the vocalist. I know I write and I want to do this and I have these dreams to do theater and all these things. I'm more than just one a one-sided thing. And that's literally where the pieces of me idea came from. Mm-hmm. Was, was the idea that like, they just don't understand that I'm more than just a one trick pony and I was and I, I'll hear one line from someone compl- even if it's in a complaint or a frustration and I, I believe I was like well there's your song right there and then we just kind of expounded upon but even the whole time I still didn't want to sing yeah she yeah. was you like I don't pushing. really she was like I don't know I'm just not and I was like you know this is the way to get it out it's like put, <laughs> put that frustration <laughs> I'm like I'm like everyone's waiting you gotta <laughs> no no put that frustration into a record and then Chuck was playing this and it was screaming for a melody which is what Chuck does and so then by the time I think we we were in this hallway by the time we heard Chuck doing that it all kind of came together yeah and then we finished the song pretty fast Real, but we've never had a problem with finishing uh, mm-hmm. music We no. once we get creative. But it was the first time I did not want to be in the studio at all that day, like with you guys. Normally, I I meant not in a mean way. I just didn't want to be in any studio. Like it was a tough day for me. So I don't even remember the conversation. That's why I'm like, Phil, I don't remember. <laughs> wow. I, was, I was so tired of everything. And but I knew we had to write a great song from that. And I usually come out with a good song when I'm that upset and discouraged. But um, yeah, Claude really was patient. And it takes a really good writer and a good um, human in in storms to be able to help somebody get out of it. So I was glad he was there for me during that time. Chuck was just stayed at the piano. He was safe. He said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not messing with that over there. Okay. <laughs> I don't want no peace. I don't want no peace. <laughs> he was like, no. And, I, and, and that's, it's the pressure of being a black female in music industry. It's no joke. And when stuff starts spilling over into your creative creativity, it's really tough. And I don't think people understand that a lot. And, but I'm glad 
like I said, Claude understood it to go, let's take the energy and put it into a song. But it's one of my biggest songs. That was it was a great, great uh, outcome. That's amazing. And I just wow. love it. Should have won a Grammy. That definitely should have won listen, a Grammy. Yeah. I'm just gonna listen. I'm, I'm, yeah. Every time That's we talk about these songs, I'm just gonna say it. That's because a record. That shit should have won a Grammy, damn it. You even <laughs> had Patty LaBelle going crazy. But, but, Patty LaBelle sang that song to me yo. in Philly, and I almost passed out. Because she's she even called and said, That's the first time we had talked in a long time. And she said, My God, did 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 y'all write that for me? I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said Um, but you can sing it. and she put it in her show she put it in her show and when she came to my show i just gave her the mic and she sang the mess out of that i just sat down i said and then and anytime you write a song like that that can go anywhere for anyone i mean i posted a little girl and her grandmother singing the song it has like sixty thousand views on it yeah there's a video on youtube of you on stage and Patti LaBelle is in the audience and she's like going off in the audience to this record. And it's just so dope to watch. Like it's someone so great. of Patti LaBelle, like Patti LaBelle responding to this record the way that she responds to it. It's, it's amazing to watch. But yeah, that's her song. Yeah. Uh, and But I, let me let me add to it is when I finally met the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, guess what song she sang to me as she walked into the room? Wow, Which one? Pieces of me. Wow, that's <laughs> crazy. Wow. Uh, now you just made my day. You right made there. my day. Wow. Let us see. <laughs> Are Damn. you serious? No, I'm not kidding. She sang it to me as she walked in. We were we were um, Martin Luther King uh, his statue. We were uh, celebrating the uh, the statue on the uh, row uh-huh. and uh, in Washington D.C. and there was everybody there. And uh, Stevie Wonder, myself, uh, Diane Carroll, Mary Mary. You had everybody. James Taylor. I mean, who else? I can't remember. But there was only one room that was available. And I had that room. And I had gotten there really early. So my mom and I and some friends were in the back. And uh, this guy walks in. He says, Miss, uh, hello, let us see. Uh, the Queen of Soul, Miss Aretha Franklin, would like to ask you if she could please uh, have this room because it's awfully cold because it was January. Mm. It's awfully cold in um, outside and to keep her voice preserved, she would like to be in a heated room, which was the same reason why I was in that room. And I said, the queen of soul won't what? <laughs> right. like, sure. She can have this room. I can hold her purse while she sings. Whatever she so she opened. They opened the door and let her in, and we were trying. We were on our way out, and she opened the door and walked in, and she was singing "Pieces of Me" in the key and everything. I just bowed down. That's crazy. I yeah. just bowed down, and she was like, "Get up!" I said, "It's so lovely to finally meet you." But she sang that song, and um, and then I was starting to leave, and she uh, said, "No, I want you to stay here with me," and that's how we met. Mm. That's crazy. We sound crazy. Let us see. You you a legend right here in the making. I just I'm gonna put it out there. Yeah, like, yeah, man. absolutely. Yeah. Abs- I mean, your voice, you performed at the White House what seven times? Mm, more than that, but I don't wanna brag. It feels okay. like I'm bragging. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, how, I mean, do you have like a special favorite memory from, you know, performing at the White House? I know uh, Pre- President Obama and Lady Michelle Obama invited you out, I mean, a number of times, but do you have a fond memory from the White House? I have many, but I just, I just will say the best one had nothing to do with them. It was mainly my mom having, being able to invite my mom. And that night I didn't have to sing. Mm. And we went to see uh, Prince perform and it was amazing. And we danced all night and he played Raspberry Beret, which is her favorite song. And we're at the White House in our nice gowns and Prince is playing and she got to dance with Barack. And, you know, that it had nothing to do with me or hanging with them. It was seeing my mother and being able to bring her to the White House and seeing her just have fun. You know what I'm saying? That was like, she always wanted me to win a Grammy. My mother, she wants the world to be, to, I'm about to tear up. She wants the world to recognize my gift. It's one thing she wants the world to see me, let us see. But that night, I wanted her to see, look, mom, look, look at all this. You know what I'm saying? Just me singing and you giving me this this life look where we are you know and we cried all night and had fun and it was just amazing so i thank them for inviting me but i i'm just so glad my mom got to experience that i've always appreciated how you you reveal your mom um and you you always talk about her during your live sets like i i personally love your concert that you did at the newport jazz festival back in 2008 and you talk about how how you were down and out and you felt like you weren't going to make it. And your mom basically encouraged you to keep going. Like, talk about the importance of your mom to what you've accomplished so far in your career and in your life. She's just a great role model. I mean, she wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. My mom was not perfect. My mom, actually, I can't say the crazy stuff my mom has done, but... What I will say is she it's the it's the it's the willingness to get through the trials and tribulations she's gone through. She's still strong, like at 65, graduating from college. Wow. Magnum Kulao. I mean, it doesn't I can't complain about stuff. Mm. And fighting cancer, she had cancer, beat it. Um, still working out, looking good, you know, at, at her age, like my mom is dope. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like she, she will not let me quit. And I think she gets that from her, her, her parents and her, our ancestors. They just come, I come from a line of women that are very short. They are <laughs> just powerful people. They've been activists and professors and teachers and, you know, they just have a power to them that I I have to keep going. And I think I just get that. Having my mom around, she reminds me to do that. And then her dream was stopped because of her children, you know. So I'm part of one of her favorite dreams that she couldn't complete and that the industry took away from her because they sold songs. I can't even go into all that. I learned how to fill out copyright forms at eight years old 
because of my mom. My mom wasn't a stage mom. She just let things naturally happen. She knew I was going to sing. And she silently prayed that that would happen for me. But she never told me till years, years, years later. So I don't know. I just love that we have that connection. I love that she lets me be me um, and her children. They're all free thinkers and just as dope with what they do. But um, yeah, that's the importance of having my mom. She just tells me the truth, even when I don't want to hear it. She says, you're whining. You're whining. You're whining. (laughs) (laughs) Moms will keep you in check. Definitely will. I remember that after the Anita Baker show that following day, I went to brunch with you and your mom. Amazing woman. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is great. Great. I learned a lot about you. Uh, but she's strong. She, she's, she's she's strong. strong. She's strong. I mean, she's really yeah. no nonsense. She gives it to you straight. And uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, your mom's an amazing woman. Crazy. Now let us see. We happen to do another another catchy ditty together by the by the title of "I Blame You." Chuck? Yep. I blame you. Yep. And you guys didn't want the scat line in there. I was like, get out. I'm putting <laughs> it in there. No, actually, I, that was that was Claude. That was in Chuck. I recorded it. Okay. Good. <laughs> you, know, you, know what's funny, you know what's funny about that? Because I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, and my and my dog Billy Jean is literally sitting in the literally in the room, sitting next to Phil. And the reason I remember leaving the session. Yep. I had just gotten this puppy. And I left her at home and I had to go home to like walk her and do all this stuff. And I was explaining to Lettucey, I was like, I'll be back in an hour. I'm sorry. I got to go. I'm puppy training this dog. And she's like, okay, it's just go. We'll take it. Me and Chuck are good. We'll take it from here. And I come back and the whole ending of the song was done. And I was like, all right, cool. And that is what, it, because literally we didn't know how to end the song. Wow. Lettucey, I blame you. Scatting. <laughs> <laughs> Should have won a damn Grammy. Should have won a motherfucking Grammy. That's all I'm saying. It's so built off of uh, the energy of MJ, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and people thought it was something different, and that's not true. But I love Michael Jackson. I've always loved Michael Jackson's writing, especially with Quincy Jones. And you get that. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And so I'm just glad you guys allowed me to put my genre bending in there, <laughs> which is adding the scat to a pop song. <laughs> it's so it's so classic Quincy, you yeah. know what I mean, and MJ together. So that's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, I just wanted that energy and it, it worked. It worked for me. It's the best part of the song to me. <laughs> other than other than uh 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 the band loves <laughs> <laughs> the band be going in. Yeah, they be all in on that song. It's it's just my favorite part because awesome. you get to be Prince or you get to be Michael Jackson. Whatever you want to do, you just do Lettucey on that part. <laughs> 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 
Some years back, you were cast as Mahalia Jackson in the Selma film. But then also, I, I go back to a couple years ago, you were in um, the NBC broadcast of the Very Wicked Halloween along with Adam Lambert. Oh, yeah. You know, the Broadway. Mm -hmm. So you've done oh, a yes. lot, of, you know, to me, because you're an amazing, you can act, you can sing. Will we see more of you in film or, or Broadway post, you know, COVID-19, obviously? But do you have more aspirations and desires to do more in the film and, you know, Broadway and theater? Oh, that's a big dream. Definitely. I've written a musical. Um, I'm revamping it. I've written two, actually. The, and I was able to put up one last year with to rave reviews, um, The Legend of Little Girl Blue, about my mom and me and Nina Simone. And we got an offer to do it again for next year. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's building, and I have a lot of interest for that. And... Uh, yeah, I love acting. I love theater. I love, love theater. It's Let us see, I, let us see starting, amazing on stage. Yeah. Amazing. I, I love it. I think I'll do more of it. Definitely. I got already have offers in for things. So we'll see what happens. This year I was supposed to do a play on um, Broadway, but it did, because of COVID, it stopped it. So you'll see. You guys will see. But I've been working my butt off on that in that part of my life. Crazy. You have a favorite on a wild card? Oh, good question. Oh, that's so unfair. Everybody got a favorite, Leah. Come on now. Everybody got a favorite child. Uh, I like this song. It depends on the day. The last song I wrote, I had to record it all these 20,000 vocals at home. It was the hardest song to sing uh, and record myself. I wrote this song called In It To Win. In It To Win is about being the wild card. At the end of the day, when my, basically when my life's over, when my life's over, people will know I am the wild card, that I can sing and do anything that I decide to do. And I love having the, the audacity to say it out loud. That's why I love that song. So, but not only that is the arrangement, it's ridiculous. It takes you on a journey and at, by the end you're at the concert. So Phil um, Boudreaux is a mastermind uh, producer and I, it's our first time working together. And I just love the way he stacked my vote, made me stack my vocals and um, how we write together. It was so pleasant. It was the best experience of songwriting I've ever, ever had. No offense to you guys, Clyde. Jeff, you know, I love you. But with him, it was just we had to adjust to our circumstances. We couldn't be in a room together. So we did a lot of texting and voice memos. And it was different. You know, you had time to study. And then I was teaching him another way. And he was teaching me another way. It was a share, a definite shared uh, cohesiveness of songwriting that I had never experienced before this way. Like all voice memos, we maybe got on the phone twice. And then I'd send him stuff, he'd go, whoa. And then he'd send me stuff, I'd go, whoa. It was like a back and forth tennis match of how to kill this one song and make it sound so good. 
And he played everything. I mean, he did everything at his house. And then sometimes he did too much. And I say, you know, act like we're on a ride. If you can, go drive around with the song and let it build up. And it gets faster towards the end. You don't want to go too fast right away. And then he said, oh, dang, I didn't think about it like that. You know what I mean? So we were learning from each other. It was a class. I was having a master class in how to write together in a different kind of way in a pandemic. Because mm, it would have been writing. so much quicker. Yeah, it would have been quicker being in front of each other and going. And I had I had to lay my vocals here. And it was it was fun and exhausting. I can't wait for you to hear it. And I love the lyrics. The lyrics is, are my favorite. Because I got to be kind of kind of different. I didn't have to be let us see that all clean and classy. You I have to you, be a little... You, you cussing on the record, let us see? No, I ain't cussing on the record now. <laughs> I'm cussing on two songs, but I'm not cussing on that song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rex, of course, bleeped it out. Because you just got the like, you just got the church the church folk with PJ. You can't start cussing and chasing them away that listen, fast. Listen, I don't care about them people. I care about what I want to do. <laughs> they, they cuss too. They cuss too. They cuss too. Hold on, I almost forgot. There's this BT Black Girls Rock performance, right? Of let us see. Talk about all of my stuff on this here podcast. You're damn right we are. We gonna we gonna we we gonna celebrate the 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 the, the amazingness. It was a it was a tribute. It was it was a Nina Simone cover of Four Women, and it was Kelly Price, Marsha, Jill Scott, and Let Us See. And if you haven't seen it. You should go to YouTube and see it, cause lead ends that shit like it's it's madness how she ends that ends that performance. Standing ovation, standing ovation. But uh, what was that night like, and what was the camaraderie with the other three artists? And just give it, just walk us through that experience, because you killed that performance. Hell no, I ain't walking you through that experience. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. I talk to you offline but mm-hmm. the scores are the scores as my friend would say <laughs> I did my job you did your well you, well, you, well you did your job well I'll leave it there she said her name was Peach. it was so much fun <laughs> I know I, I know I wasn't the choice to do it they had someone else they wanted and that didn't work out so I ended up being a part of it and my my uh, best friend Kim Burris she wasn't well yeah she was my best friend at the time but I didn't really, we, we never do music together. So this was our first time doing music together. And uh, I ended up, she brought my name up and Beverly Bond knew who I was because I was an independent artist. No, I had just signed with Verve. And All Right was doing really well. And that's when I got the uh, call asking me to do uh, the, the whole thing. And I said, you know, I want the peaches. I had already knew. Like I hadn't even discussed it with Kim or anything. I just said out loud, like demanding, I will only do it. Listen, girl, this is your first time on TV and you're going to demand 
to play to do the part of uh, Peaches at the end. What if they wanted somebody else? I didn't think about any of that. I just knew I had to sing the last. I had to have the last say on a Nina song, and so that's what happened. And it was great. And I only rehearsed with the girls uh, twice the oh. day of, and that was it. And I didn't sing the high note until um, the filming. Really? I saved it. Yeah, I never sang it. I saved it until it was time. And uh, to make a mark. And that was my first time. It was my second time on television, but my first time on BET. Mm. You made a mark. Yeah. (laughs) That um, has been following me for all of my career that performance. So I'm grateful. We all did that. We all did it. It took the buildup to get to me. So we all got it and made our mark and we stood there and killed it. So it's just a part of history, our legacy. What do they call me? Hey, hey, Ladison, we have a game here at We Sound Crazy Podcast that we like to play. Don't be intimidated by the title, but it's called Keep or Kill. Uh-oh. You know, are you familiar with Keep or Kill, the, how the rules Not are? at all. So it's, Not you know, you don't, you don't literally have to kill anybody, but you literally are just your preference. I throw out, you know, a this or that, two different options, and you could say option A or option B. Okay, let's go for it. And if I say, mm, that means I'm out. You <laughs> see, you can't think about it. You just got to go. You, you know what I mean? Got to go. All right, let's. All right, kick it off. Uh, indie versus major. Indie. R and B or jazz? Oh no, I'm not answering that. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. No. <laughs> Grammys or Tonys? Both. Greedy. Absolutely both. Just greedy. I want it all. Studio or live? Live, live, always live. <laughs> Patty LaBelle or Aretha Franklin? Unfair! <laughs> Ridiculous! <laughs> Hell no, I didn't that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, two of your babies, Turn Me Loose or Pieces of Me? Turn Me Loose, because it was my first time being free. I just love it forever. The Bay Area, aka Oakland, or New Orleans? Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say New Orleans because that's the root. Brandy or Monica? <laughs> <laughs> y'all think y'all slick? Y'all not be in that conversation? Hell no! Y'all on your own. I'm gonna stay in the middle. I'm gonna stay in the middle because I know them both. You gonna get me in trouble? No way. <laughs> what about Prince or Michael? <sighs> Um, dang. <laughs> I'll just say Prince because I know him. I've never met Michael, so I'll just say Prince. And last but not least, Chuck Harmony or Claude Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask that. They go together. Right. <laughs> You're trying to start a civil war. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody going to be mad. Right, right. Okay. 
It's just Lewis York. Okay. Right, right, You're go. trying to separate it. There we go. <laughs> Lewis York. We sound crazy. So do you have any advice for up and coming entrepreneurs or up and coming artists? It's okay to want the bigger picture, but deal with the picture as it is. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For real. Every everybody wants the car and the money and the jet and the every the flossing and look what I got now on you know the posing on Instagram and stuff. It's all cool, but just be comfortable where you are and with what you have. Be authentic. People will always love authenticity, no yes. matter what it is. They will always love your creativeness if it's just real. Is that really you? Do you really wear that every day? Mm. Like Linda Perry taught me a great lesson. She said, I'm an artist all day, every day of my life. I will probably be buried in this hat. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's right. like she That's who she is. And rock stars get away with it. Why do we feel like we have to put on something to be something? Mm. Just be. Just be. Be yourself and people will love it. It will take, sometimes it'll take longer. Sometimes yeah. people will like it, sometimes they don't. Don't take it personal. Just as long as you're being yourself, it doesn't matter. Amen to that. The gospel according to Lettucey. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You talk about the stuff. Half of the time, I don't know what I'm doing, y'all. I don't know what the hell I'm doing most of the time, but I know I can't please everyone. Mm. That let that go as quickly as you can let that go i think if i would have told myself that sooner i would be much further but you cannot please everyone you just can't so yeah that's all i got today (laughs) (laughs) amen she's like i'm done mic drop (laughs) now let us see we listen we like i said at the beginning we've been dying to get you on because we know you keep it real and we know you have such a diverse, full career as a singer, as a businesswoman, as an actress, all that stuff. So just thank you for sharing. Yes. And, uh, and thank you for the music and for the integrity and for the good damn flat-footed singing that you keep on doing mm-hmm. all the time. So just thank you for, for being you and for putting up with our crazy knucklehead asses over here. We sound crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And led, I mean, hopefully we'll be uh, all together next year at Essence. I'll be able to make you another one of my infamous fill pills. Mm -hmm. Led has had the privilege of having one of my beverages that I made. We all heard about these beverages. Uh, (laughs) It's so good and dangerous. (laughs) I'm glad glad it didn't happen this year. (laughs) (laughs) We all need a year off, right? Yeah. No, but let us see. Thank you so much. No, thanks for having me, you guys. Congrats on everything. Keep going. I'm proud of you with uh, Lewis York and um, the Shandellas. <laughs> the Shandellas. Shandellas. I always say it wrong. Ron's like, no, that's not it. That's not. <laughs> but they're amazing. I love the songs and keep going. And just thanks for having me. And this is a lot of love. I thought it'll be 20 minutes, but okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it a lot. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me, you guys. All right, you. Stay safe. Tell Ron we said what's All up. Right. I will. All right. Be good. All right, Later. God Bye. bless. We sound crazy. Looking at my Roly. Looking at my sweet, sweet Roly.
the Esther Roll Award. I love those piano pieces. <gasps> you hear that? Right. So, <laughs> so warm. I can <laughs> Timon. <laughs> yes, Lord, Timon. <laughs> can you feel it moving? I wish I was in this choir. <laughs> <laughs> Never too late, Jeff. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what time it is? It is time for the world-famous Irby Awards. Oh, man. The Esther Roll Black Excellence Awards, y'all. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Listen, if y'all need a little, a little spiritual uplifting... Esther Roll is here to read you the 23rd Psalm. <laughs> Just in case you're lost in that valley of the shadow of death, mm. Esther, Esther Roll will tell you how to get out. Thank you again, Timon, for helping us discover this classic gem from mm. Esther Roll on Savoy Records. You're Thanks, very you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Timon. Thank you. But you know what time it is, y'all. It's time for us to pick somebody, anybody, anybody. that deserves some flowers, some love, some attention for their black excellence that may not be getting it the way they deserve it. Some flowers. And I know you've had some time to think, some time to ponder, some time to marinate on your nominee. And so, damn it, bring them forth. Who you got, Timon? Mm, okay, so I was having a conversation with my good friend, Miss Kia Goosby. Shout out to Kia. And we were talking about just Aaliyah and... You know how this year marks like 19 years and next year will be 20 years since she unfortunately um, left us. Um, and we were talking about Static Major um, mm. and how just beyond, like even beyond the Aaliyah stuff, like how he he wrote for Brandy and he was writing for Destiny's Child and writing for- um, Nicole Ray. Nicole Ray. And then he did the lollipop with Lil Wayne and just and all of his own group too. Yeah, Playa and just- um, Missy Timberland, like just the whole his whole career trajectory was just amazing in the short time that he was here with us. And unfortunately, you know, he's no longer with us, but we were just kind of going through his entire catalog of music that he's written. So I wanted to nominate St Static Major um, for an Irby Award this week. Wow, that's good. That's, that's like a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Jeez. Shout out to Kia. Shout out Player. She's a faithful Shout listener. Shout out Player. Yo, what was Player's first single? Must be the music. Yeah. Yeah. A song. They were singing. They were yeah. singing. A song. I used to love Cheers to You. Yeah, yeah I love Cheers to You, but. Another yeah. song. Phil, Ooh. what say you, brother? Jeez, but. Wow, that was a tough one tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I know we all have to come with a, a nomination, but this person I'm, I'm friends with, full disclosure, um, I consider him a legend, yeah. co architect of the New Jack Swing era, yeah, along man. with Teddy Riley. Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat. Keith. Keith had a label, signed Silk, yes. signed Cut Clothes, had Old School, also was the one who started still, LSG. Still dropping hits. Still, still dropping, dropping hits. hits. Syndicated radio show. Uh, I mean, again, when you think about the number of hits from I Warner to There You Go Telling Me No to Twisted and yeah. all these records, I just- Nobody. Nobody. Wow. And Keith wrote and produced a lot of those records. Mm. Wow. So just a thought. That's that's my recommendation this week. That's Keith Sweat. Keith. Shit. Chuck, talk so, to us. It's going to sound crazy because you think he gets a, a lot of uh, recognition, but 
for the amount of winning he's done, not just as an artist, but as an entrepreneur, as a TV executive, um, as a business person, I don't think he get the credit for it all because he's such a big personality. I'm talking about 50 Cent, mm. Curtis, mm. Curtis Jackson. Yeah. Like, I'm, lear- I'm learning now because, in full di- disclosure, I like some 50 Cent songs, but I wasn't necessarily a 50 fan. You know what I'm saying? And so some, sometimes you, you kind of, if you're not a fan, you kind of don't, you don't give them the props that they deserve right. for all of the things that they're doing. But just from from the time he came in, you know what I'm saying, with in the club, first album, doing going, didn't it do 10 million? Close to it, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Vitamin water, power, all of all of all the executive G Union, all those guys were selling records. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. Game was selling records and, and Buck was selling yeah. records. And so yeah, yo. what about Olivia? <laughs> Hello. Okay. Right. Did she sell records? Rich yeah. Dallas might know. <laughs> Rich Dallas. But fifty's a great one. Yeah, man. I I I've been I I've to be honest, I've been watching some interviews, just just seeing how he think because you got to start bowing down to that that, yeah. that business prowess and start learning some shit. So, fifty cent for me. Damn. Oh, that's not who I thought you were gonna say. Who you thought I was gonna say? Master P, which would have been the exact same. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw another curveball in there. So I'm gonna nominate a, a, a producer. So obviously we've been going over. Thank cap- you very much. Not this week. Not this week. <laughs> Um, you know, this whole thing over the pandemic has been us running through people's catalogs and 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 celebrating people, and uh, he's well known. He definitely has hits, but I don't feel like he gets the the recognition for how long he's been a, a producer and how many number ones and massive careers he saved or made. Mm. So I'm actually nominating Rodney Jerkins. Hmm. Wow. Ronnie Jerkins. Dark Child. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because Ronnie Jerkins is a sound. Yeah. He's a sound. Not just Brandy, but I'm talking about he gave Michael them hits and J-Lo and Monica and Tony and I mean, I'm 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 barely scratching the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J, uh, but I'm, all I'm saying is like for the number of hits he he's had, I don't think he gets spoken of in the Timbaland conversations or the Jermaine Dupree conversations about these great producers that have like changed the culture and he's definitely up there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This is a tough lineup. This, this is week. very this is tough. One. Just to recap, so we got Static. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep Sweat. Yeah. yeah. 50 Cent. Yes. Yeah. Rodney Dark Child Jerkins. Man. This is probably the hardest one we've ever done. This is hard. All right. We gotta we gotta we gotta boil it down. Y'all ready? Like I, I this is tough. Man, I like all of these people yeah, a, me lot, too. a lot. A lot, a lot. Like, change the game. Yes. Like, all of them. Ooh. So, we only can vote once? Is that we're going we to can only, let's, let's, we can only we all feel the same way about let's, all four. Yeah, yeah, let's do that because if not, we'll never get out of here. Let's do that. Let's do that. We'll <laughs> be <laughs> here till the morning time. All right. First up, Static. Okay. Lord. Keith Sweat. I'm representing Keith. I'm, I'm fasting with my boat. Legend. All right, 50 Cent. 
<laughs> Chuck raises his hand, so everyone's sticking with their vote. So I'm assuming, Claude, you're going to raise Clearly. your hand for Rodney. <laughs> that, that plan didn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to square one for real. All right, so let's think long right. and hard about yeah. what does the Irby mean? And there you Good go. question. What does the Irby mean? Philosopher let's, field. Let, let, let's take it to the legal team. Yeah, to the legal team. <laughs> the, the human legal resources. Team. <laughs> <laughs> this All is right. supposed to be for the people who have who really don't get a lot of recognition. Yeah, right. who've accomplished quite a bit, and people may right. not realize it, but you know. So let's really shit. And it, he's all. I mean, I think they Who all you, fit. You, you said. I think we should. I could t- I, just because of that. You can take Fifty Cent off because he gets a lot, a lot of recognition. You know okay. what I'm saying? So I does I'll, he. He don't get a, a lot of recognition for the whole, but he's been so relevant for so long. Yeah, that's he, fair. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. So, we'll definitely have to double back to that because yeah, Irby's, Irby's are deserved. Absolutely. Yeah. I was gonna say we we vote for, vote on two, and then vote on the other two, and then that, vote on best the of. Yeah. So we have so I, so, the, so we vote Static Major Keith Sweat. Okay. Then whichever one wins out of that versus and then. Versus Rodney. 50 versus Rodney, and then you put the last two together. Oh, so we can put 50 back in. Oh, wow. Come on, Curtis. Wow. Come on, aficionado. Come on, Curtis. Aficionado has given us a new role this week. (laughs) Okay, that's a good idea. So so let's go Static and Keith Sweat. Let's start there. Static and Keith. So Static, all hands. One hand from Timon Bacon from Macon. (laughs) Uh, Keith Sweat. It's three for Keith. All right. So that's that round. So then let's go 50 Cent and RJ. Okay. Rodney Jerkin. So 50 Cent, all hands. Wow. <laughs> no, no, hands. <laughs> no, no hands. No hands for Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rodney Jerkins. Wow. You did Okay. Okay. All right. So now that, we're going to go. It's now Rodney against Keith. Wow. And you can only vote once. Mm. Okay. 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 Simone, I know what he's Rodney's meant to your life over there. <laughs> <laughs> Between Brandy and Whitney. Right, right. I got an idea how that vote's gonna right. go. Over there. Right, 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 right. All right. First up, let's go uh Keep Sweat. I'm sticking with Keith. And by and by majority rules. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to my brother Rodney Jerkins. Yeah, man. Dark child. Rodney, de- Rodney I, deserves it. I learned too much from Rodney to yeah, ever. Man. Yeah. For him to never not get my vote. He, he also, always he, get my vote. He also influenced gospel music crazy, too. Yeah, man. Crazily. You know what I mean? It's a teacher. Master teacher. Yeah. Master teacher. Congratulations, yeah. Rodney Jerkins. This week's winner of the Irby. Irby. The, the Yes to Roll Black Excellence Award. We sound crazy. So, fellas, what are we going out on today? Well, in the spirit of Mr. Rodney Darkchild Jerkins, um, Darkchild, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I think we should go out on Mary J and Lil' Kim, I Can Love You. Ooh, I love that song. Great. That's a great one. That's a classic. Classic. That's a good one to go out a on. A great send-off. Yeah. Love it. Special shout-out to our special guest this week, Lettucey. Yeah. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you, Lettucey. Thank you. Make sure you follow We Sound Crazy Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, Black Planet. Yeah. No Pornhub this week, Chuck? No Pornhub this week. Okay, cool. <laughs> I canceled my account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but it's been fun, man. Let's 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 keep this rocking with some good music. Let's yeah, man. get it. Till next time. Yes, go. See y'all.
twice. QB, go to booty like a groupie for Mo Ice. Armor truck heist, get the bonus like Nabuchet. In love with you since the days of Juice. Now I watch you play Columbo, Picasso. Tricks inside Colossus, turn your castles to brothels. Uh, who you loving? Who you wanna be hugging? Dipping on your ninja Honda with Tunisia and Raza. Why? You go more by the James Fonda. Physical fitness, Mary Blige be my witness. Under pressure, I lie for you. Billy on, Billy Coops, Billy on, playing just some evidence in the chef.